This is not real. This is not real. This is not real. This isn't happening. Kate, uh, tell me this isn't really happening. I hear there's uh, something you don't like the looks of. We discovered a very large comet. Oh, good for you. It's headed directly towards Earth. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Weekly Real Podcast. My name is Jeremy. And my name is Ken. And today we're going to be talking about the movie about a little comet in the sky, Don't Look Up, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence. But before we do that, let's jump into our podcast ritual where we talk about one notable movie or TV show that we watched in the last week. All right, Ken. Uh, Anything you want to share with us today? Yeah, actually, it's a show that we talked about last season in the newsreel. And uh, that show is, uh, we kind of talked about, uh, what is it, Adam McKay, right? We're talking Mm -hmm. about an Adam McKay movie. Adam McKay movie. And so I'm talking about, uh, I guess, a couple of actors that are kind of, uh, what do you call that, alumni for an Adam McKay movie, Anchorman. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And And we're talking about The Shrink Next Door. It's an Apple TV Plus show. I remember we were talking about it last season and I completely spaced out and forgot that uh, it actually aired like a couple of months ago or it started airing, I should say, on Apple TV+. And just again, to remind you, in addition to Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd, Catherine Hahn is also uh, starring in this show. It's a, I want to say it's a quick miniseries. Um, I want to say it's eight episodes. Uh, I've only gotten through one episode it looks very interesting and you can tell they're setting some stuff up so um it's a little bit of a i guess slow starter a little bit but it's still entertaining enough to see kind of like their dynamic uh between will ferrell and paul rudd paul rudd's actually the shrink Mm -hmm. so um not too much of a a spoiler because they kind (laughs) of do give that away the next in the first what 10 15 minutes or whatever it is but uh um I'm liking it so far. I'll probably give it uh, at least another few episodes, but I feel like I'll eventually finish the show. It's only eight, uh, eight episodes, and that first episode was, what, 35 minutes? So it's not too much of a time investment overall. Yeah, where is it streaming again? Apple TV+. Plus. Apple TV+. Plus. We're still not sponsored, but yeah, uh, it's a pretty star, star-studded cast with just those three, and... Uh, uh, I'm kind of curious to see if I'll see any other people that I will randomly recognize throughout because, you know, that usually happens with some of these TV shows. Yeah, that's pretty crazy how we were able to, uh, or you brought it back from, you said season one, right? Uh, season two, actually. Season two. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's been a while, but I'm glad you brought it back. It's, it's like sometimes we got to remind people. We got to remind ourselves also because I completely forgot about that. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I remember I brought it up on a, a random TV topic, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh shoot, there's the shrink next." It just looked like a really dark portrayal of a TV show, and it's obviously a departure of usually what we see from uh, actors like Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. Like I, I honestly haven't been watching too much new stuff this week. I mean, I've been still catching up. I'm all caught up on the Rookie. Like, I've been mentioning that, but at the same time, I was like, I can't mention The Rookie again. It's like, oh, did you see that Bailey is, Bailey's boyfriend or husband's a psychopath? It's like, it's like, oh. yeah, apparently Lara, <laughs> Lara doesn't like it either. It's like, oh, what? Uh, but I want to talk about Book of Boba Fett, the, at least the series premiere. I feel like um, Book of Boba Fett, I, I was so excited for the show. And the first episode is a bit of like a, oh, okay, it doesn't really go, it doesn't start off with a bang, Mm. but uh, I've watched episode two, and I do feel like it got better in episode two. So, Mm. but if you want to know our full thoughts, guys, go check out our latest newsreel episode so you can hear all our thoughts on the series premiere. So that's episode 32 of the newsreel. Yeah. It's our TV-centric episode that we did last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but last week, we talked about The Matrix Resurrections. And we did roll, uh, uh, we did put a poll 
on our social media. And what was the poll for that, Ken? Yeah, it was, uh, I guess, a little bit of a variation for our audience question from last week. So the poll was, what is your favorite Keanu Reeves movie or movie franchise? I just wanted to kind of open it up a little bit because I feel like, you know, with Keanu Reeves franchises, there's some hit and miss stuff. Yep. <clears throat> Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> and so the uh, the choices were we wanted to throw a little bit of something old, like the Bill and Ted franchise, something a little bit more current, like the John Wick franchise. And then, you know, we get Speed because I feel like that was his breakout, real, true breakout hit of being like an A-list actor. And then obviously the Matrix franchise, uh, which started in 1999, you know, because obviously we did that episode on the matrix uh, resurrections so Mm. poll results reveal in a huge runaway i guess it's because it's you know what have you done for me lately john wick 83 percent. holy crap yeah i'm not too surprised i'm not yeah i'm not too surprised oh well the reason why i also haven't been watching new stuff this week is because i'm I've watched John Wick 1 and 2 again. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm jealous. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is so good. I'm pretty excited to uh, re-watch John Wick 3, at least sometime soon. Because I, like, I think I've only watched it the one time in theater, so I want to see how it holds up. Mm, mm, okay. Well, actually, before I mention, uh, I guess, finish this segment out, uh, where did you stream John Wick 1 and 2? Because I'm kind of curious. <laughs> oh, no. They weren't streaming anywhere. I had to use a Target gift card to <laughs> to buy the John Wick 1 through 3 collection. Oh, nice. Uh, was it one of those steelbooks? Unfortunately not. <laughs> it was just like a Blu-ray thing. But, you know, pretty good for all three movies. 25 bucks or whatever. Oh, not bad at all. Especially, I'm guessing, since you got that for Christmas. Yep, and and um, had to get the one with with digital. You know, sometimes, you know, you don't want to pop in a disc, but you can, you know, stream, stream it on it YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I'll say is, man, I'm kind of disappointed that there was no love for Bill and Ted because I wanted to say, mm. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. See, guys, if you wanted to vote for Bill and Ted, you could have checked it out on our polls on our Twitter and Instagram. That happens like every Tuesday. So. I, I think we usually put in a write-in vote. So even though we're talking about don't look up this week, just put, just write in Bill and Ted uh, this, <laughs> this week, <laughs> and we'll we'll mention it if anyone does. So <laughs> guys, but speaking of don't look up, uh, it is streaming on Netflix right now. Spoiler spoiler warning! Right now, we are going to be talking all spoilers of the movie. So go watch it on Netflix before listening to the rest of it, or you know you just don't care. And just want to hear us talk, I guess. But Don't Look Up is about a couple of scientists that discover a comet, you know, kind of celebrating it at first, but then figure out that it's hurtling towards Earth. And uh, it's about to basically cause an extinction-level event. <laughs> yeah. And it stars Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence, directed by Adam McKay. So, Ken, uh, let's kick off the episode, or at least this section of the episode with the double feature and the double feature if uh, if no one remembers is basically me and ken want to be a little bit more spontaneous so we think of one question each that we want to ask each other and you know we don't the kicker is that we don't really know what we're going to ask each other so this is like it's on a whim kind of thing so my question though i'll start off first my question for you ken out of all the all the satirical aspects of the movie that you saw, the tech companies, the governments, um, how they seem to ignore scientists, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you know whatever thing that you might have saw, you don't have to mention any of those. But which do you feel like reigned the truest to you, to like our reality? <laughs> oh my god. Uh definitely the politics side just because we are so divided i mean obviously i don't want to get into a whole political uh commentary that's not this type of podcast hmm. uh but um dude i feel like everything is so politicized now it, it it's it's disheartening sometimes it's frustrating i turn off uh, i guess like i just turn down the volume with my social media intake because mm. they'll take any random comment from anyone in the spotlight uh, or in the media or something like that. 
someone famous and they'll be able to turn it into a blue and red situ- uh like issue. And it, it's oh my goodness. So when it got to the point where we were talking about the oh just look up or don't look up, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, the whole battle between I guess because you know with um what was her uh what was her name? The pre- Madam President, uh, Meryl Streep's character, President mm-hmm. Orlean. Mm-hmm. Uh, just her and her son played by <laughs> Jonah L. Jason Orlean. Oh man. Uh, I've obviously it, it was a satirical version of, and I guess, I guess a high octane version of, you know, what we've kind of had to experience over the last decade ish. And you can interpret any, or interpret it any way you want, but I feel like it's just, it just, it just, was too close it was too close and i was like oh my god it was both funny but cringy at the same time uh because it's like oh man we got to deal with this now but it was it was funny though yeah i want i want to say like you know we don't like talking about politics here on the show but this is a very like political movie in a way (laughs) very um like in terms of the president um in the movie madam president over here uh mel street I feel like she was like a, a like a culmination or, or a compilation of of different presidents and yeah. like whatever weird stuff that they did at their time, uh, just from past and more recent. But for me, at least for me, um, answering my own question, it's the the news. I think oh, yeah. rain, rain the truth. It's like, what are they? It's, I, I love when DiCaprio is like, why are you like, we don't have to be so goddamn pleasant all the time. <laughs> Talking about when he was on the, uh, the TMZ type show. Yeah. I forgot what they called it. Uh, but it was with Tyler Perry's character and, uh, Kate Blanchett. Yeah. I'm just going to call out freaking um, freaking the Michael and Kelly show <laughs> there you with go. Michael Strahan. <laughs> I was like, dude, this is, it's like the same thing. And yeah. So, um, but you know, a lot of news shows, talk shows are like that, where they, at one moment, they're talking about something horrible, and then they cut to like, or like, let's say, children are dying or whatever, and then it's like, oh, but in this lovely neighborhood, we got people getting free ice cream or something like that, and <laughs> you know, and it's it's funny because. E- I have to mention RoboCop again <laughs> in this episode. Oh, oh, only oh. you, man. Only you. <laughs> <laughs> Always. There's um, a RoboCop and Spider-Man and RoboCop and Don't Look Up. Oh, dude. It's just like they called it back in 19, um, 1987. The, the yeah. news is still the same, uh-huh. you know? Uh, and Don't Look Up is emphasizing that even more. How the news is like pretty messed up sometimes and they don't want to give it to us straight. Yeah, dude, the news aspect of it definitely was really close. I mean, I, and this one's kind of a throwaway. I don't know. I'm going to kind of test your memory a little bit, mm. but Michael Chiklis actually has a uh, a little <laughs> bit of a, a cameo here, and he's playing yeah. like a, a ultra conservative uh, news anchor. And when literally the uh, the comment is like literally there already, it's it's about the impact, and that he's talking about a random ass story uh, <laughs> as Dan Paquetti that had no it had no bearing because obviously. Obviously, it just affected like uh, I guess his side of the political uh, commentary. I thought it was pretty funny. That was that was too on the mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I remember he he's basically playing a version of um, what Rush his, Limbaugh or <laughs> yeah, I forgot his name. But it was like his cameo was uh, Michael Chiklis was like blink and you miss it. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, there he is, and then he was like, oh, he's gone. Hmm. Man. By the way, just kind of a random uh, side note. So many ca- random cameos in this movie. <laughs> it was it was like one of those where I was like, "Oh shoot, I know who that is." It's and like, we'll, you might get into that later. <laughs> all right, all right, I'll save that. But yeah. uh, all right, what's your what's your question for me for the double feature? Actually, you know, it's funny. It's really it's actually related. It's related to yours. You know, it's slightly different though, and that's why I'll still ask it because I feel like both of my questions are kind of similar anyway. But Here's the one that I want to ask you. If you were living in the Don't Look Up universe and were added as the fourth member of the whole, you know, Dr. Mindy, Kate DiBiaschi, and Dr. Oglethorpe inner circle. So if you're cast as the fourth member of that, you know, whatever Mm. title you want, which obstacle would frustrate you the most? 
uh, in getting the news out to the general public. Because remember, like they had that whole scene in the beginning um, and they were trying to tell the president and obviously they, they ran into a freaking roadblock and then they were trying to leak it to, to the media and then they ran into more roadblocks and everything. Which, what would frustrate you the most? Um, and you could, again, you mentioned some of the d- different aspects, you know, politics, money, news, or like tech or whatever. What what would frustrate you the most uh, in trying to get this out to the general public? Ooh, I want to say, even just as a viewer, holy crap. When the scene, <laughs> when they're basically launching all the nukes, right? For the first time with... Uh, the tank tech, the tech comp- company bash, right? Yeah. And they basically cancel the whole launch <laughs> just because they figure out that there's like important like minerals or materials on the comet. It's like really out of like like we finally got through them and now we need to convince them even more. It's like, oh my goodness. When they did that, we're just watching, I'm like, why did they stop it? And then <laughs> I feel like at the same time, they would do this in real life. <laughs> I was like, no. It's, and they could have saved the world, or at least tried to, right? They had a better chance there than later on in the movie <laughs> when everything was just horribly going wrong. But I think, so I feel like the news would be frustrating and, of course, getting um, ignored by the president and all that stuff. But just the fact that they listened to you the scientist or listened to us the scientists and then still ignored it even though we're so close to stopping it would probably be the most frustrating thing to me yeah i kind of agree with you actually that was actually the my answer to my own question because they actually had the opportunity to actually just blow it up and not have to worry about the whole monetizing of gathering trillions of dollars worth of minerals from this comet and shout out to Lord Hood from Halo, since we were we've been talking about Halo recently. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> AKA Ron Perlman. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was like, dude, imagine like that's Lord Hood for one from Halo. But again, I was like, if they got Bruce Willis to be the guy, dude. <laughs> they should have, dude. I feel like he would have said yes. He says yes to anything. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like nowadays, <laughs> brought, brought back uh, Armageddon. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Armageddon too. But then, like a satirical like version, it's like, oh, then we're gonna have Michael Bay film it or something like that. <laughs> that would that would be too meta. <laughs> <laughs> that would be too much. But it was that kind of movie, so yeah, I dude, wish they it, did it. I, you know what, if. You know, as, as I was kind of going through, obviously, I kind of had a sneak preview of your topics, I guess. For And and again, we'll get to that after the break. I was able to kind of like, I was like, oh, is Ron Perlman actually going to be my uh, uh, an award winner? <laughs> and I was like, oh, he's going to sacrifice himself. And then because, you know, I thought he was going to do the whole thing and I thought it was going to go horribly wrong. He was going to die and obviously kind of sacrifice himself uh, in vain because it was still like in the middle of the movie. But then for them to actually just, I was like, wait, what's going on? And they're all like diverting away from it (laughs) because of uh, what, uh, what was the Billy, the, the, the tech uh, tycoon. uh, Oh, Peter Uh, Isherwell. Yeah. Peter Isherwell. Yeah. uh, Because of what he found out was on that comment. uh, It's just, the most frustrating thing because it was all about the money and obviously the world ended sort of, but, and we can probably talk about the post credit <laughs> mid and pro post credit scene later on, but Oh my God. Uh, funny stuff there, uh, post credit scene, but the stuff in the middle, not so much frustrating. <laughs> yeah. That was super frustrating, but freaking. Yeah, I thought Ron Perlman was gonna be like one, either one of those guys where it's like he's just gonna get into a bunch of trouble because just that's the seems like the nature of his character, um, or it's like he's gonna get super cocky and then still like still die <laughs> like yeah. for no reason, but then it, it kind of just ended up in nothing. So I was like, dang it, I wanted something like hilarious to happen. But it was pretty funny it, to see him in a, a satire because, you know, he's always playing that serious, like, myth, I don't know. I just know him as Lord Hood in Halo. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, he's like, because he, he's got that deep voice and he's like, oh, military guy or whatever. And, you know, when you think military guys, you're just automatically thinking of someone that's hella rigid and serious and everything. 
Yeah, what's weird is the last time I saw him, he he was in a British, uh, he was in a British like thriller show. I was like, that's kind of (laughs) random, but whatever. (laughs) But here on the show, we like to get you, the listeners, involved once in a while for uh, our audience questions. So I want to ask you guys, what is your favorite apocalypse movie? Obviously, this is like a satirical comedy. somewhat drama sometimes of uh apocalypse movie but ken did you actually have a favorite apocalypse movie serious or not <laughs> well i you know what since we're on a set uh like talking about a satire uh apocalypse type movie here's actually another one i don't know if you've seen it this is the end it's also starring jonah hill as jonah hill and then it's basically a bunch of like actors that are playing themselves uh and i remember watching this strangely enough i saw this movie in theaters like three or four times it was weird i don't know how i ended up watching it but it was like hilarious to me dude i haven't seen this is the end yet and i remember when you saw it you did watch it a few times so i was like yeah maybe maybe i should watch it at some point still haven't but um i was gonna say armageddon but i feel like i mentioned that already (laughs) so i i was gonna say um the day after tomorrow. <laughs> Ooh, the day after tomorrow. Yep, that one would be good. Um, like I was kind of look, I was cheating and looking at some lists. Mad Max Fury Road's got to be like mm. up there for me too. And just to kind of throw a random like curveball, Wall-E. It's Ooh. one of my favorite Pixar movies of all time, and I feel like it's so underrated. No one really even talks about Wall-E. That's true. I do love, especially the first half or first act of the movie when Wally's on like the deserted planet earth and he's just cleaning up and we're trying to figure out what happened to all the humans yeah. and uh like maybe it's Wally in, in the freaking after after effect of don't look up <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah it just feel like it's it's got that old time feeling of how kind of movies were made I don't know if it was because of the whole um remember like he likes to play that one same scene where it's like classic hollywood and it has that type of music and it mm-hmm. kind of brings back the nostalgia of the way hollywood used to be you know with the the glamour and everything yeah that's true man and wally i, I keep i like you said i always forget about it and people don't remember it all the time but was that 2009 i oh, was something like that i mean i could quickly look it up I guess while uh, I'm looking it up, I want to also give a shout out to uh, Tom Cruise, Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> Edge, of t- Edge of Tomorrow. I feel like, uh, what, War of the Worlds, <laughs> also Tom Cruise? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, anything where we could see Tom Cruise running, I'm all yeah. for it. And that's like literally every movie that he makes. <laughs> o- Oblivion, <laughs> Tom Cruise. <laughs> oh, I know. See, it's Contagion. I mean, obviously, we got the whole, uh, I guess, pandemic sort of thing. I mean, a little too close to home now. <laughs> but, but I mean, and then we haven't even ta- really talked about like zombie apocalypse movies that we've kind of talked about in previous true, episodes. True. Like, um, what, 28 Days Later and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of apocalypse movies. Yeah, so guys, if you want to tell us your favorite Apocalypse movies, uh, you can tell us on Twitter or Instagram, at Weekly Real, or if you want to go a little bit old school, longer form contact, that would be at our email. What's our email, Ken? (laughs) You didn't even bother trying this week, and I I get it, I get it. Sometimes, you know, you just kind of got to take a break from, like, trying to figure it out. And Mm -hmm. so, here, Mm -hmm. I got you, though, this week. It's weeklyrealpod at gmail.com. All right, guys, go check that out and let's take a quick break. Okay, welcome back from the break and let's jump into our weekly real awards. And the first award I want to give out is because this movie is a little bit frustrating, especially with uh, a number of characters. <laughs> so the first award I wanted to give out was the Malekith Award, which is basically the most hated character of the movie. And who would you give that award to, Ken? Oh, my goodness. So uh, I will admit this was probably the singular most difficult award that I've ever had to hand out because... <laughs> 
man, there was it was a three horse race, but I like every time I thought about it, like my answer would change. But the more I thought about it, the more I settled on Madam President herself, Janie Orlean, uh, a.k.a. Uh, I guess she was played by. Um, oh, my goodness. Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. There you go. Sorry. <laughs> Just <laughs> brain fart for a second. But yeah, Meryl Streep. She played it so well uh, mm-hmm. because I think we talked about it in the first half where she was play basically playing kind of a a, a, a super version of various different presidents that we've had over the years and i don't know she they just try to figure out all the i guess most hated traits Mm -hmm. (laughs) and she was just (laughs) so oblivious to a lot of things and i think the reason i guess the kicker that made me pick her over a couple of other people that i don't know i'd want to spoil your answer potentially the mid credit scene where I guess uh, earlier in, in the in the movie, I guess the uh, I, mean, I always forget her, his name, Peter Isherwell, mm-hmm. when uh, I remember he has like that phone tech where it, it would predict <laughs> how she would die. And it was a throwaway line at the time in the middle it was like, oh, you're going to die because of Brontorock. I was like, what the Brontorock? Whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then in the mid credit scene, like in the future, after they go, come out of what? Cryo uh, sleep or whatever. And mm-hmm. they it's like many, 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 many years later. I forget how many years. And they land on back on. It's back on Earth, right? Is it back on Earth? Or, or to a different planet or something. It's a different planet. Yeah, it's something. It was like. Some, something completely different. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, we get to see them back. Oh, they're alive. And all of a sudden, you get to see her eat. And I was like, yes! I thought it was wrong. <laughs> I don't know. Just the fact that I, I rooted for her dying, and I love the payoff of just a throwaway line. I just thought it was clever, and it was pretty funny. And, <laughs> yeah, I was like, when they landed, and I was like, oh, so this is where the Bronto Rock is going to come in. Oh, you I, you knew, huh? I knew it was going to, oh, okay. like, once they landed, and it was, like, on a different planet, I was like, oh, it's over for her. It's done. <laughs> and what I thought was hella funny about that scene, too, um, was that it was just all old people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what it kind of reminded me of? Uh, the uh, The movie that we saw earlier this with hereditary with mm. a bunch of just random like white like really light-skinned folks they're hella pasty and it, it makes sense because you know they're out in orbit no sun none of that and they're all pasty out of shape it kind of reminded me of wally yeah same which is <laughs> <laughs> out of like just no muscle definition or anything like that and i was like oh i think that's actually pretty accurate yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure you know the movie was also trying to say like the people that would only be able to afford this would be like you know the one percent. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> true, very true. Uh, my winner, I don't know if this was uh, one of your candidates, was Kate Blanchett's character Brie Evan T or something like that, uh, who was the newscaster, I guess, the female newscaster. <laughs> you really hated that show, huh? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did, man. It was it just because it's so frustrating. Like, like on and off the camera, she was like manipulative, manipulative to to DiCaprio's character, Doctor Mindy. But at the same time, he was kind of dumb too, kind of falling into uh, his fame a little bit. Yeah, he was. And he was. Um, but mostly on the show, I was like, ah, this is so frustrating. I hate like I hate characters like that. And um, I. That's why. That's why I feel like um, uh, Jennifer Lawrence's character. What's her name? Dibioski. What's her yeah, first D- name? I, I Kate. Forgot. Oh, Kate Dibioski uh, was basically like the opposite of that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? And that's why I feel like that her character is like uh, probably the best character of the show or the, mm-hmm. of the of the movie. The movie. Yeah. Um. But yeah, freaking Kate Blanchett's character pissed me off a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel like Kate was definitely the most grounded. Well, her and uh, Dr. Oglethorpe were, I feel like, one in one A in terms of grounded. I feel like, obviously, Kate had more mo- emotions because she was, like, obviously, she knew. She was obviously one of the first two people to find out that this is an extinction-level event. And she's screaming it from the mountaintops. And she's not, like, getting heard or getting paid attention to. And... You know, just to, that's got to be frustrating. And, and 
obviously she's fearing for her own life, obviously as evidenced by, you know, her like hurling outside of the Oval Office when they were still waiting <laughs> early on in the movie. But I mean, just, she would just never, she was never paid attention or heard. To, uh, and that's gotta be frustrating just, just in general, let alone being in this ap- uh, uh, apocalyptic uh, event. Yeah. And what do you call it? I love how it's it's pretty funny how uh, the comet was named after her because she's the one who discovered it, right? Uh, so it's Comet Dibioski. And I love how they, they kind of have this throwaway line kind of during the, the news section of it where it's like, oh, you know, it's named after her. But then, you know, it's not really her fault or anything like that. Yeah. But in in reality... And in the movie, people like blame her because she's the one who discovered, discovered it. Discovered it, yeah, yeah. And it's like it's your fault, and it's like because it has your name on it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I'm like, oh, dude, that's that's a, it hits too close to home, man. <laughs> like you know, real life. Because <laughs> you know, uh, if someone were to discover it, they, we, they he would he or she would be getting a lot of blame for it for sure. Exactly. I mean, talking about when they called it coronavirus no one bought corona it's like what the- <laughs> uh, yeah exactly <laughs> like, what oh my heck? god how does that make sense but anyway uh, yeah that's why i was like people are dumb in both movies and in real life <laughs> <laughs> uh the next award i want to give out is the jensen award for underrated character so that could be good or bad so uh what's your jensen award be given to Okay, with apologies to Devin Peters, a.k.a. Chris Evans, who makes a a real surprising (laughs) uh, cameo in this movie. I was like, hey, I know that guy. Uh, I I really wanted to pick him. I really did. I wanted an excuse, but I I really couldn't. I wanted to take this Jensen Award seriously for underrated characters. So my winner is Riley Bina, played by uh, Ariana Grande, Mm. mainly for her funny and random appearance at that show uh was it the bill and Bru- was it sorry i forgot honestly the michael strahan show no, the michael Stray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it was uh the jace no no, no 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 sorry uh yeah it's, it, it was that tmz show whatever it was called i forgot what it was called but uh, i love how like she was you know kind of not really you know like playing someone serious or whatever it was again another distraction because of her i guess breakup with dj cello but i mainly picked her because of that song and i you know what just kind of randomly i feel like that song will legitimately get a lot of oscar buzz because i was like damn that's actually a pretty good catchy song or whatever (laughs) but dude the sec the second verse is where i feel i don't know if you heard but she was improving those lyrics and, and and Andy McKay, Andy McKay, right? Adam McKay. Adam McKay, Jesus. Adam McKay, like, actually took that. Um, she took he he took the um, the the ad libs and put that in the movie. And I don't know if you remember. <laughs> I don't know if you watched this with uh, subs on. I I I watched I it with subs on. But you know, like the second verse starts. You know, right after. DJ Cello's mumble. I don't know what he's he was kind of saying. It was like a mumble rap or whatever. And then she was like, okay, the lyrics are, you know, I'll just kind of quote some of it. It was like, get your head out of your ass. <laughs> Listen to the goddamn qualified scientists. We really fucked it up. Fucked it up this time. And then later on, the lyrics turn all serious. And she was like, oh, celebrate or cry or pray. Whatever it takes to get you through the mess that we made. Because tomorrow may never uh come or whatever i'm like oh my goodness it, it was <laughs> just randomly funny but also at the same time a little too close to the, the i don't know it, was, it hit too close to home because obviously we're still in the middle of a pandemic and i feel like some of these lyrics are kind of like hella meta <laughs> yeah they they are dude and it's funny because it's like it's all like this true message wrapped up in a really catchy package pretty much <laughs> She sang the shit out of that song. <laughs> so um, my award for the Jensen, or my winner for the Jensen Award is actually going to be Peter Isherwell, the, C- <laughs> the what the CEO of uh, of Bash. He was such a weird character, but I found him. I didn't hate him, but I didn't like like him. I just found him funny, 
<laughs> like it just just the way he was sometimes <laughs> especially um during his um his keynote pretty much showing the new phone it was like the bash phone like 13.1 or 13.4 like it would be like a point something phone i'm like wow we're gonna even do that huh <laughs> where it's like we just come out with like a new phone and it's like a very incremental upgrade <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean yeah and then um and then the little girl was just like you know can't it's like i i really like you or whatever or it's like can i can i say something no <laughs> it's like dang dude uh, I just found him hilarious and um, kind of, once again, mirroring some people in real life. <laughs> you know, kind of just a mixture of a bunch of people, once again. Um, but in this way, I feel like it was a little bit the most innocent one out of, out of the, the bunch, like the politicians and stuff. But it's still, like, pretty messed up sometimes. Well, his motivations was always to be able to profit as much. He maximized profit, right? And yeah. I felt like his character basically is a eccentric billionaire mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever. And actually his character did remind me, uh, and I think I've mentioned it before on uh, on a prior episode, talking about Silicon Valley. Um, I don't know if you've ever gotten a chance to start it, but it, early on in season one, especially, there was a character named Peter Gregory, uh, mm. who was played by Christopher Evan Welsh, uh, RIP, because he actually died in real life uh, midway through season one, which was actually pretty sad because his character was funny because it was eccentric billionaire with just kind of, he would just say random stuff and the way he would talk was kind of a little, I guess, different. And I felt like, that character totally reminded me of Silicon Valley. If you watch, like, the, especially the first couple of episodes of season one of Silicon Valley, and you watch Peter Gregory's character, it'll remind you of, of this character. <laughs> <laughs> There's too much satire in this movie, and it's like in every... You can read into a lot of, like, into characters, just things that they do or even say, and that's uh, that's the same with freaking Peter Isherwell. Yep. Uh, the next award I want to give out is the Wise Gamora Award for favorite quote of Don't Look Up. So there was some, you know, some throwaway lines that you can mention. There are some longer ones as well. Like when I was looking at uh, the quotes, DiCaprio's whole, why do we have to be so goddamn pleasant? Like uh, that whole section, I didn't realize how long it actually was. He went on for a while. So um, <laughs> what was your favorite quote of Don't Look Up? All right, it's going to be uh, the opposite end of the spectrum. So I'll set it up a little bit. Obviously, uh, when the when Kate and Doctor Mindy, Doctor Mindy, right? Mm-hmm. DiCaprio. Yeah, DiCaprio. Okay. When they discover the comet and they're immediately flown out to DC and they're waiting for an audience with the president and they're just waiting out there with Doctor Oglethorpe <laughs> oh, and the general. Uh, the general like is like, oh, okay, let me get you guys something to eat, and he like literally charges them for snacks. $10 but you know, that's each. The, yeah, ten dollars <laughs> each, and it's not necessarily the gag yet. But later on, you know, like because they were there literally the whole afternoon and evening, it seemed hella late. Kate DiBiase is like, oh, okay, I'm starting to get a little hungry because the general had left. Literally, she goes into the the kitchen. And she's like, oh, where do I pay for the snacks? And then it's like, uh, it's the White House. It's free. And then she comes back. And here's my line <laughs> to both Dr. Uh, Dr. Earl Oglethorpe and Dr. Mindy. The snacks are free. And she was just so mad. It became a running <laughs> gag throughout the whole movie. The whole it's like, movie. <laughs> the whole movie. She went back to it at least two or three other times. And then just the fact that she was like, why do you think the general charged them for the snacks? It just was, it was just mind blowing. Why, why do you think the general charged them for the snacks? Just randomly. Maybe just to feel like he can outsmart a scientist maybe. But then again, it's like, maybe he just wanted an extra 20 bucks on the side. I don't know. And like, well, it's funny when he, um, scammed Dr. Oglethorpe, he's like, Oh, do you have a, do you have change? He's like, no. <laughs> Yeah, so you know he got more than thirty dollars. It was at least probably at least forty or something. Yeah, yeah. And what's funny about that running gag is that even till the very end, where uh, Doctor or 
Kate DiBiaschi's at the dinner table. She mentions it again, like <laughs> at the very last scene of the movie, or at least that she's in. And I, I, I don't know. I felt like that was the best running gag of the movie, next to um, Jonah Hill's character, uh, Jason, Jason something. Yeah, Jason Orlean. Yeah, he kept saying like, <laughs> he kept mention or keep having to mention that like he thinks his mom is like attractive <laughs> oh like, yeah dude that I was, was like so, <laughs> whoa what is going on i was like i was like dude that's your mom dude and i just found that hella funny just because jonah hill man everything <laughs> well that's actually a satire right mm-hmm. but then that is actually something based off of what uh donald trump was talking about with his daughter <laughs> yeah I was like, I didn't want to say it, but yeah, exactly. That's exactly what he was doing. Ooh. But he had to do it at least a couple times. Oh my god! Oh, uh, I, for, I, I, I was kind of glad that you brought it up because I was wondering. I didn't. I don't know. I didn't know if I wanted to mention it, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> um. Also, like, I feel like Kate DiBiaschi threw out so many good lines because I also had to choose one. Uh, and it's when they basically took her. Oh, when they took her back from the freaking uh, took her back to the white house and then she's like um, and they freaking put her in the car with like a hood on and she's like unless you assholes are taking me, to, me the to the back cave, cave. <laughs> fuck you for putting this hood on me and the thing is <laughs> they didn't have to right she knows where she's going yeah and what's funny is later on freaking jonah hill's character jason orlean said like he's the one who said put the hood on her for no reason <laughs> so there's yeah. like a, this rivalry between them for no reason oh my god yeah i i love i love the back and forth between jason orlean and, and kate dibioski that was uh easily the best interactions for me it's just because they were just going at it even like something like a throwaway line like remember when jason orlean was going through his monologue or whatever it's like is that line from saving private ryan yeah <laughs> Say holy crap! Yeah, when uh, they were launching for freaking Ron, Ron Perlman. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that was too good. Which might lead perfectly into my get help award for favorite comedic scene. So, favorite comedic scene, Ken? Oh. What is it for you? Okay, it's funny because you mentioned the whole uh, Jason Orlean basically thinking, thinking his mom is attractive. This actually happens uh, one of the times anyway. I guess in the middle of the Riley Bina song that I was referencing earlier in the uh, thing. And so it's a, it's that cutscene where it cuts to Jason Orlean's speech at the, uh, at the don't look up rally <laughs> and everything. Yeah. And so I'll skip that part where you, you know, you alluded to already, but he's talking, remember he's t- like going through the speech and he's talking about three types of people um, like you guys, the working class, us, the cool rich, and then them, because we need them, because you build us up to fight them. <laughs> and, then and then he's like, do you guys understand? And then, like, literally off to the side, uh, <laughs> Madam President's like, no, I don't understand. I don't get it. And then, like, later on, he's like, and he just starts continuing. He's like, then to clarify, uh, he he wants to talk about nutritionists and personal trainers, people at the spa, but not the one that checks you in and not the masseuses, but the ones that walk you down the court. It was so out of left field. I, I feel like that part, I can't confirm it. I feel like that was totally improv by Joe Dale. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like he was just saying random shit off the top of his head. And I just thought it was funny because I, I like random shit that's funny like that. Same here. Like that was... When he was just saying that, I was like, this is hella random. That makes no sense. <laughs> but it's like in his character to say something like oh that. God, which yeah. I feel like Jonah Hill did really well. So Yeah. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was freaking crazy. <laughs> um my award winner would probably be uh the Mindy and Dibioski meeting the president for the first time. But like you yeah. did mention um the whole snacks situation. I feel like that very much leads <laughs> like into the huge comedic moments of like the entire movie. It basically sets up a lot in that mm-hmm. in that scene where you you set up the Jonah Hill character, you set up um the running meme of D- Dibioski like oh, going yeah. crazy. It was photoshopped. It was photoshopped. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just feel like that that was another good scene because it, it set up uh it was you know, because it's comedy, you need to build up 
for the punchlines later on. I feel like that was where the setup was. Yeah, no, I agree. I uh, I think if people didn't like that scene, it would have broke them. Because if you don't like that scene, you don't like the rest of the movie. Because it set up a lot of the people's characters like and their motivations. You got to see kind of like Dr. Mindy and how like nervous he can get and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you see how angry <laughs> Kate DiBiaschi is. You see how level-headed and pragmatic uh, Dr. Oglethorpe is. But then you got to see Madam President and how she's just only concerned about the political uh, aspect of things and how it would just affect her poll numbers. And then you just get Jason Orleans just being a, just an asshole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like just, uh, just because he's like literally the son of the president. He, he, that's why he's where he's at, out of nepotism. Yeah. <laughs> it's like freaking, especially when they were saying like, Oh, what's the likelihood of it's going to happen? It's like literally 99.7 something. Oh, but percent. it's not a hundred percent. It's not a hundred percent. So l- let's just call it a, a uh, 70%. 70%. <laughs> it's like, what? That makes so it's no po- sense. So it's potentially going to hit. <laughs> no, it's not potentially. It is going to hit. <laughs> that was hella oh, stupid. Man. Oh, my God. Um, honestly, in this next section of the episode where we guess the Rotten Tomato score, and Ken, you are up 11 to 8, I have no idea where to guess this movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, I obviously I have my guess written down already, and you have yours written down already. Um, and I'm kind of scared because I feel if I lose this, there's no coming back this season. Yeah, it's it's a clincher actually. It's literally make or break. Um, because we only have well, including this one, there's four movies. You're down by three. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is literally the only serious part of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. I feel like I'm gonna lose. Already, because this movie was so hard to guess for. Uh, well, you'll go first, and I'll let you know. So, okay. what's your guess? I, I agree with guess. you. I, I remember we were talking offline. It's like, dude, I, I was having a hard time trying to figure out what like, what my guess would was going to be. So, I ultimately landed, because I initially had two guesses. I ended up trying to split the difference, and I picked 79%. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> uh... <laughs> No way. I have 78%. Oh, okay. I was about to say, because I was like, <sighs> that, if, if we guess what, if we would have guessed, that tie would have clinched it for me. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Here we go. It's like, it's either over or under. Here we yeah. go. All right. Let me look it up real quick. Don't look up. It is. It looks like I am still surviving. <laughs> oh, yes. Like, I, I kind of rooting. I was rooting for it. <laughs> <laughs> because surprisingly, I think. It has a tomato meter of 55%. Oh, I see. Yeah, we, I guess we, we overshot it. We were both way off. Yeah, holy crap. <laughs> I didn't know how to how they would react to this movie. Uh, but the tomato or the audience score is actually 77. So we were both really close. Yeah, okay, cool. But now the updated score is 11 to 9 I just, Ooh. I'm too behind. Ooh, this is... With three to go. With three to go. This is crazy. Can I pull a comeback or am I... Or is it, I just basically survive every every week. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> uh, but let's uh, rate it ourselves with the I Love You 3000 Award, where we rate the movie from one to 3000. So, Ken, what's your rating for Don't Look Up? All right, so uh, I guess the I Love You 3000 award, my rating for 1 to 3000 is actually closer to uh, the tomato meter. I mean, not quite that far. I think it's a fresh score. I'm giving it a 2160 at 72%. Uh, I feel like I, like I would have liked it more if, uh, I mean, there were parts where it dragged. You know what mm. I mean? I, I, I love the randomness and the improv that I did kind of read about and watch uh i guess youtube videos on um and i i do appreciate when they kind of improv because it, it means they're just trying to go through the whole acting process and they're just literally playing off one another so i did appreciate the um the scale and what they were trying the ambition i should say uh of what they were trying to uh, accomplish especially it being released on netflix with the star-studded cast um it's just again it kind of dragged in 
It's like, whoa, that was loud. Okay. Um, well, anyway, just to kind of complete my thought, um, yeah, it, it, it would have been rated higher if it um, would have been paced a little bit better. Because I, I feel like two and a half hours is kind of long. So if they would have cut 30 minutes, I think it would have been, it would have played better, probably crept up more towards 80%. Yeah, cause, and usually, it, since this is a bit of an unusual case, like, it's not really a comedy, it's a, kind of a weird mix of genres, uh, and comedies are usually under two hours, <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, I do agree, the, the pacing, was it could get slow a bit at times, nothing's really happening, I do like the randomness of it, but maybe, yeah, they should have cut some stuff out, um, that's why I rated mine lower as well, uh, at a... 1980 out of 3,000, so it's 66%. Still pretty good score, in mm. my opinion. Uh, but just one where it's like, I don't think I would watch it again just for its comedic purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone was curious and wants to put it on, I'm ha- like, I won't say no. That's the thing, but I wouldn't like be like, oh, you gotta, you gotta see this movie. Like, there's other stuff that you could probably check out that people haven't seen. Yeah, it's definitely not the best performances for any of the actors. I guess it was just—it's just fun to be able to see them all interact with one another. Um, I feel like uh, Jonah was probably the closest to some of the satirical stuff that he's done in the past or whatever. But he played more of an asshole, which is actually pretty funny the way he did it. Yeah. Um, and I feel like Jennifer Lawrence was actually—I thought it was a good comeback performance for uh, Jennifer Lawrence, just because we haven't really seen her in anything big lately so it was nice seeing her even though it was uh, with a weird mullet just like jason <laughs> orlean said <laughs> which was funny because when i was uh watching this movie uh, our friend jacob he was getting his haircut uh at 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 a house and um he got a mullet and i was like hey you look like jennifer lawrence <laughs> 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 All right, <laughs> but ne- for next week's episode, Cam, what are we uh, talking about? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, dude, Jacob, I hope you cut the mullet. Anyway, next week, a North Carolina teen gets in trouble and is forced into after-school community service that will change his life forever in the 2002 film adaptation of the Nicholas Sparks novel, A Walk to Remember. So... Uh, Just a quick reminder, earlier this season, we actually covered one of Jeremy's Guilty Pleasure movies with episode 50 uh, with The Great Wall. And so um, I guess next week I am sharing uh, another one of my Guilty Pleasure movies with Jeremy, who surprisingly hasn't seen it yet. So uh, I'm you know what? I feel like this movie, even though it's technically not the best movie ever, Mm -hmm. I I like it because it's obviously a guilty pleasure. I feel like this has the potential to be your favorite movie that I've ever, I guess, suggested to you. I, I, it's this weird feeling that I have that this is going to be your favorite. Uh, I'm scared now. When you said that, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> like, it could be, man. Like, it, in a weird way, you're, you could be right. Um, I did see a little bit of the synopsis of or the premise on the HBO Max thing, because it is streaming on HBO Max, still not sponsored. Yes. Um, Sorry, th- uh, thank you for mentioning I completely <laughs> forgot to mention that. And it's just like, I'm. it gets me excited to, to watch it. And, and now when you said that, I'm a little bit scared to watch it now, because there's like pressure that it's like, yeah. oh... You know what? I, I, I know I may be setting unfair expectations for it, because it's... Probably didn't get good, uh, like good rating or whatever from critics or whatever. But I feel like I, you know, we've done what now? This is episode fifty-five that we're we that we're recording right now. And you know, I feel like fifty-five movies later, I feel like I have a pretty good idea of what you like and what you don't. <laughs> and I, I'm fairly confident, strong, actually strongly confident that this will be, if not the top one of the best movies that I've ever introduced to you. Okay. Can you share here if it's, um, you like it better than the notebook or are you going to save that? Oh my goodness. That's a good question. I, they're, they're different enough. I want to say it would just depend on the day. They're just both really good, but I think you would like a walk to remember more than the notebook easily, Mm. easily. Cause I don't, 
think I rated the notebook too high. Yeah. From what I remember. Yeah, they're, like they're just different guilty pleasure movies, you know, because um, I think the only other one that we haven't really mentioned is, from season one was Mean Girls. Again, completely different. And I feel like each one of these, although, you know, they can be classified as quote unquote chick flicks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're different enough or whatever, they, because I mean, you'll see. Yeah. So, guys, if you want to stream a walk to remember it is on hbo max uh we'll be talking about it next monday so be look out for that uh and and uh stay up to date on all our social medias yeah at weekly reel across the board twitter instagram and facebook uh so ken if they want to follow me on social media where they can they follow follow me no i'm just kidding <laughs> uh <laughs> It's like at, at the asking. email address that you keep uh, mentioning. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Which one was that? Uh, so, guys, if you want to follow me on the social medias, it's going to be at JP underscore flicks. That's going to be on Twitter or Instagram. How about you, Ken? Uh, Twitter and Instagram for me as well, at FreeKenA. Also, I think I mentioned it last week on the Matrix uh, episode. Um, I started a personal blog, so uh, I'm... Like I, I'm, I've been writing pretty, uh, pretty regularly. Actually, my goal kind of like went to shit of like trying to go every day. It's just yeah, I, uh, there was times that I just didn't have time to write. But I'm gonna try to keep this blog fairly up to date uh, regularly, at least four or five, hopefully six times or even seven times a week. Um, and I'll vary it up depending on what I feel like writing about. So I might, I may wa- uh, talk about food one week or one day. I may talk about a random TV show that I've been watching. I may actually have a post coming up on Station Eleven uh, because I think it's that good of a show. I know it's only what four or five. Uh, what day is it today? January fifth. Five days into twenty twenty two. I can safe to say this is the best show of twenty twenty two so far. Uh, but uh, I may you know write more in depth like reviews. Uh, recaps sh- uh, on shows or I maybe mean, just write a random blurb on a random day so uh it's really easy to remember it's just my first and last name so it's kenarseo.com i'll link it in the episode notes yeah for sure man any uh final thoughts on don't look up oh man uh chris evans great cameo just because we got to see the beard uh what else um who else did we see oh Timothy uh, Chalamet. We talked yeah. about him in Dune. He played a likable character. Yeah, you know, I thought they were gonna reveal that he was gonna be like underage or something. For some reason, I was I was waiting for that reveal because I felt like it was that kind of movie where it's like, what, you're freaking seventeen or whatever. It's like, well, uh-huh. I didn't know. Um, but yeah, he was a pretty funny character. Just for the fact that when he first introduced himself to. Um, uh dicaprio's Kate? wife oh yeah, yeah 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 sorry when he was like oh he's like I- i'm yule it's like my my twitch is whatever <laughs> it's like what the- <laughs> they're like freaking kids man <laughs> first second there i thought he was talking to one of like uh dr mindy's kids but i was like oh he was talking to the wife never mind <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was hella random it's like hi i'm yule my twitch is um this certain username i'm like all right i can definitely see that nowadays <laughs> Yeah, there, one last thing. I mean, we gave away the uh, Malekith Award for most hated character. I felt like the most liked character was easily Doctor Oglethorpe. Mm. He was level-headed. He, you know, he he was pragmatic, and and you know, like he he just seemed really likable throughout. And he was always like going to bat for Doctor Mindy and Kate DiBiaschi. So, um, yeah, well, shout out Doctor uh, Oglethorpe. Totally yeah. likable. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely the character that like the other characters bounce off of for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the snacks, the snacks were <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> the general. Shout out to the general <laughs> that, for for creating the best running gag of the whole movie. Uh, but guys, I'm excited to talk about a walk to remember just because Ken is uh, hyping it up quite a bit. Uh, but I'm excited because it seems like my kind of movie. I think Ken Ken's starting to learn that uh, certain movies just tug at the heartstrings for me just you know just a little bit all i'll say man if if you if you score that less than a what is the thing uh 2700 anything less than 2700 i'm gonna be like disappointed whoa that's a 90 percent i think we're going in the 90s (laughs) 
Oh, I'm scared now. I'm scared in a good way. Scared that I'll be dying in this movie. <laughs> so, because uh, it's Nicholas Sparks. So it's Nicholas Sparks, and I and, and I purposely didn't want to leave. Uh, I guess that summary as vague as possible because I really want you to get totally hit by the movie, mm. like in the story and everything with the twists and turns. And I don't know. Well, we'll see. Maybe there aren't any twists and turns. Okay, so guys, if you haven't seen <laughs> um, A Walk to Remember, it is streaming on HBO Max, the 2002 version. Yes. The And the English version. I think there's other versions of like, you know, uh, that people have come out with. So the 2002 with like Mandy Moore and all that stuff. And Shane West. And Shane West. So go check that out and experience it for the first time along with me next week on The Real. The Real.